Hello and welcome to another weekly podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. If you're in the Mankato area, join us every Sunday morning at 9 a.m. and again at 10.30 a.m. If you'd like to learn more, visit us at MankatoHilltop.org. Best of all, God is with us. Good morning. The scripture I'm sharing this morning came to my attention in a God moment, one of those moments that you just know God has reached in and touched your being. It is from 1 John 3, not the Gospel of John, but a letter typically attributed to John the Elder, not the Apostle. And for those of you, for those of you who wonder about such things, the letter is about the nature of Jesus Christ and what it means to follow Christ in this world. And we're reading from the Message Bible, which presents the Bible's tone, rhythm, events, and ideas in everyday language. And that makes it a paraphrase rather than a translation. My dear children, let's not just talk about love, let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It is also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism even when there's something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. And friends, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, we are bold and free before God. The word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable in your eyes, O God, our strength and our redeemer. Amen. There's a thing these days where you tell your story in six words. Better living through Christ and pharmaceuticals. (laughs) That has been my personal tagline for many years. I just lucked out that it was six words long. Between this and my introduction, you know where I am now, but not how I got here. No one who knew me back then would believe I would be here today. The first third of my life I spent as a child and a student. I grew up on Long Island, about an hour outside of New York City. Imagine Bloomington, 20 miles in every direction, but with a New York accent. I was a typical good kid, rule-following overachiever, finished high school in the top 20 of my class, went to Syracuse University in upstate New York, and even finished a semester early, overachiever. I was raised culturally Jewish, culturally because it was much more about traditions and identity and being set apart than it was about synagogue and Hebrew school. Judaism is a wonderful means of grace that feeds the souls of multitudes of people. But my personal experience was, if I would do more, be more, accomplish more, try harder, be perfect, I could personally heal the rift with God that started with Eve. As you can imagine, I fell short a lot. The second third of my life, I spent as a mother and wife. After college, I moved to Minnesota on a geographic whim, met and married a man who went to church for Boy Scout meetings and when he felt obligated by his mother. 
when the kids, I joined in as was expected, and when the kids arrived, we added Mother's Day, and then the Halloween party, and then the Christmas pageant. And those cows and sheep were so dang cute, I wanted my kids to be cherubs. And that meant they needed to go to Sunday school. And while they were in Sunday school, I went to worship. And while I was there, my heart was strangely warmed. There started to be moments, God moments, conflux moments, that were propelling me down a path I never expected. The first big one, I was at a meeting at church, because if you visit a church more than four times, you will be asked to serve on a committee. (laughs) And Bob Paulson was bringing us together with a prayer. We had been visiting as we gathered, and I shared that I was feeling unsettled at my job, And during the prayer, Bob asked God to help me find my way. I had never heard somebody talk to God about me by name. It rocked my world. My faith experience, intercessory prayer was not part of my faith experience. God was involved in big things, important things, much too busy to be in involved in the lives of individuals, that somebody would talk to God about me. Wow. A few months later, I was under a lot of stress, and in addition to the normal issues of having two little kids working full-time and keeping up with the house of bill and bills, I had just notified our daycare provider that we were moving the kids elsewhere, and she yelled at me for a really long time, telling me I was a horrible parent. Now I was sitting in my minivan in the parking lot outside my office, sobbing. I was doing the best I could. Couldn't somebody tell me it was enough? Wouldn't somebody see this was, this was all I had? And then I felt it. God knew I was doing the best I could. It was all he ever asked of me. He sent his son as a human, to let us know that he made humans with faults and that doing the best we could was all he ever needed of us. My heart was opened, and I could hear God's words, and I could feel God's love. Fast forward a year, I was still not happy in my job, and the church had been looking for a secretary for months, so I applied. The pastor was concerned that as a new Christian, I might be disillusioned by church operations. I was concerned I might be too much of a New Yorker for the congregation. We agreed we'd try it for six months, and if it didn't work, I could go back to just being a parishioner. And it was not long before I realized that this was the work God had been preparing me for. It was where I was meant to be. And 25 years later, it still is. Not that it was always easy. We were raising two kids, and like most parents, I spent tremendous amounts of time worrying. Was I doing it right? Was I doing enough? Was I tough enough to tough? They're 30 and 32 now and mostly thriving, and even though I know I was doing the best I could, I still worry about the things we didn't do. 
The other thing that happened while I was being a hockey and PTA mom was that I was diagnosed with chronic clinical depression. It was not until I was on the right medication that I discovered not everybody lived the way I had been living. That there is now relief from something previous generations struggled with is a huge gift from God. I'm now in the last third of my life, I suppose. Much has changed. My children are grown. My husband has passed. Over the years, I have participated in Bible studies, gone on retreats, mission trips, heard amazing preachers, done a lot of therapy, and found a mix of medications that helps manage the bulk of my chronic clinical depression. I know I am blessed to spend my days immersed in doing things that fill my soul. I know I'm on the path God has called me to. I have an amazing sense of God in my life and my life in God. And yet, knowing all that I know, I still live with paralyzing feelings of inadequacy. I still often feel like I am not good enough. I am not doing enough that I am all pretense about to be discovered as a faker at any moment. And when I start to feel like I'm doing something well, I worry that I'm getting cocky, that I'm doing it for the wrong reasons, or that I'm taking up a place meant for someone else. Debilitating self-criticism. About a year ago, I was able to go on a six-day, spiritually directed, nearly silent retreat. Getting ready, each one of those descriptors was somewhat terrifying. While I was there, it felt good. I was having these very productive conversations with God. I was working through things in my very analytical manner, and I was discerning my next chapter. The final night, preparing to come back to real life, I started to worry. Had I done the work I was meant to do? Had I accomplished enough with this gift of time? What if I'd been focused on all the wrong things rather than being fully open to what God needed me to hear? Then, oh, I forgot to bring it. As I was thumbing through my Bible, I noticed on one of the back leaves, I had written at some point, 1 John 3.18. 318, that's wrong. 316, it's John 316, everyone knows. But wait, 1 John? There's a 1 John? Uh Uh-oh. So I went looking, and I found this. My dear children, let's not just talk about love. Let's practice real love. This is the only way we'll know we're living truly, living in God's reality. It's also the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism, even when there is something to it. For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. It's the way to shut down debilitating self-criticism. Wait, I'm not the only one? Is this written just for me? For God is greater than our worried hearts and knows more about us than we do ourselves. God knows how hard we are trying to do things right and well 
And whatever we do, it is enough. As I was crafting this message, I kept bumping into people struggling with the overwhelming sense that they were not good enough, not worthy enough to do what God has called them to do. These are not folks reaching beyond the limits. This was a retired clergy person panicked about leading a funeral, a friend who was between appointments, and me, once again worrying about how I parented. Was I doing enough at my job? Could I craft a message that people who do not know me would want to listen to? I found myself saying things to these friends that I needed to hear myself, and perhaps you need to hear them too. I pray you feel God's love for you, that you know that God, eternal parent of every one of us, cherishes you and all you have done for the kingdom of love. God is aware of all the difficult choices you make to do what is good and right rather than what is easy or comfortable. God treasures all your efforts, even those you judge to have fallen short. If there is anything that saddens God, it is that you do not have the same faith in and love for yourself that God has for you. That you think and say things to yourself that you would never think or say to anyone else. Oh, that we could each see, value, and love ourselves the way others see, value, and love us. Do not be afraid to take that next step, to go beyond expectations. This chapter in 1 John is all about how we love, how we accept God's love, and how we love our fellow humans, how we love ourselves. Let's just not talk about love, let's practice real love. How do you practice love? I mean, it's easy to love our family and our friends and people who think like we do, but how do you love the other? the person or group who says or does things you find heinous, the person who has hurt you, how do you love yourself? It is in practicing love that we serve God. Every time we smile or make eye contact with somebody we don't know, especially somebody who does not look like us, we are serving God. Every, when we try not to judge others, and that's really hard because we are really good at it, we serve God. When we remember that most everybody is doing the best they can, and if someone's not living up to our expectations, it's likely that our expectations need to change, we serve God. When we are generous, knowing that God will provide what we really need, we serve God. When we hold our tongue at the table because we know getting into it with Uncle Fred will not do anything but upset the rest of the family, we serve God. But when we speak up when a coworker says something degrading to another, we serve God. This has been a lot about me, but it can be about you as well. You do not need to quit your job to serve God. You do not need to fret about all the things you have not done. You only need to be where you are 
and celebrate that you are stepping out in faith and love. And friends, once that's taken care of and we're no longer accusing or condemning ourselves, we are bold and free before God. Do not fear, my friends. God is with you. God loves you today and every day. Breathe in that love and let it course through your body. Let God's love replace any doubt that is festering in wounds. Let your heart and soul be healed and restored. God knows you and God is proud of you. Now, please join me in prayer. Dearest God, thank you for the presence of your Holy Spirit in our lives. Please open our eyes wide to all the courage, strength, and wisdom you have for each of us in Christ. Crush our insecurities and doubts so that we might be effective witnesses of you in your love and in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for listening to another podcast from Hilltop United Methodist Church in Mankato, Minnesota. Don't forget to visit us online at MankatoHilltop.org.